0: Welcome to and Creates Fatherhood Field Notes podcast where we hear real stories from real men living real lives. This is your guide, Ned Shout. Fatherhood is not only about being a dad, it incorporates providing and serving a home, loving and serving a spouse, engaging and serving in community, as well as intentionally serving our kiddos. Fatherhood is an adventure, one full of fun, wild and messy stories. In this podcast, we will hear stories from real men who have found themselves living the adventure of fatherhood. These stories will connect us and allow us to continue to grow into the men fatherhood is calling us to be. Everybody, this is going to be a great episode. Um, I'm really excited to share it with you. I encourage you to get through some of the small talk in the beginning. Um, We've been friends for a while, so we can just kind of get into conversation, but I do just want to say that uh, there's some really rich content and uh, Lewis is such an incredible man with a just a heart of gold and It is really great to hear his perspective on life, and I don't want to give away the punchline on some of it, but there's just some really important things that he shares, um, and it's stuff that he's going through right now, Uh, and so please just take the time while you're driving or cleaning the house or whatever it is you're doing, just keep listening. I think that uh, some of the perspective that Lewis shares is really going to be rich and beneficial for you to hear. Thank you, and enjoy this episode. I'm really excited for the conversation we're going to have today with a longtime friend. When I first moved to Northern California uh, from Southern California about 11 years ago now, we moved to a small town, and just one street over was a family that we started going to church with. And I had moved here to become a youth pastor, and one of the families had four kids, which was a good hook for me because then I had definite kids at the youth group if if I made friends with them so my good friend Lewis is here how you doing Lewis
1: doing well how you doing Ned
0: I am excited to hang out with you uh and so Lewis's kids that group of four are all older uh, so we're just gonna have a conversation uh about some of Lewis's life and uh I think it's gonna be very beneficial for for everybody to hear Um, But to get started, let's give people a little bit of a snapshot of who you are. So, how old are you?
1: I am almost 51. Halfway there. Halfway there.
0: Nice. And how many years have you been married?
1: It'll be 30 years and 29 right now.
0: 29 years?
1: 29. That's incredible. It's been good. Yeah. It's been really good. How old are all your kids? My oldest son's 27, then I have a, oh man, I get a 26-year-old daughter, 25-year-old daughter, 22-year-old daughter, and a 5-year-old son.
0: <laughs> and then a jump, Yeah, which we'll
1: talk about. So,
0: did you think you'd have 5 kids? We wanted to have 6. Oh, really?
1: Yeah, five's kind of a funky number for us.
0: But you're at 5. 5 and stick in there
1: don't know don't know
0: so there's no you don't lock anything out as an option
1: not with children nope
0: wow that's awesome okay so over the years what have the different names been that your kids have called you and mainly appropriate names <laughs> and maybe there's a few inappropriate ones
1: yeah now that they, they've pretty much all called me dead um uh, but my son, Julian, my five-year-old calls me old man.
0: Does he really? Yeah.
1: <laughs> old fat man sometimes. No, I mean, does he does. He does. You're
0: not fat at all. I know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's hilarious. Old fat man. So the four are all moved out and Julian is at home.
1: I, yeah. For the most part. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, home's always home if it's needed.
1: Totally. Yeah.
0: Yeah okay and to feed those kids for all these 27 years what have you been doing to provide
1: for them um i'm a mechanical guy i i do um my official title was refrigeration steam pipe fitter Mm. crazy fancy air conditioning guy so yeah it's been a really good trade yeah was the trades are good i think that people overlook that sometimes being a good i mean you won't become rich but you'll make a really good living and yeah and if you if you really sink your heart into it there's a lot of satisfaction in it Hmm. have you done that it's an intense trade man Yeah. yeah i i spent my my kids were really young and i spent five years in my apprenticeship and that was you know working 40 50 hours a week and going to school three nights a week for four hours for five years. So, yeah, I had to sink my time. Dang. I had to put my time in. I drove, in. you know, like forty to 50,000 miles a year. Wow. So, yep.
0: Wow. Okay. So, rebel and create, those two words mean a lot to me. And it means, you know, for me, so many things, but really at the core, to rebel against either what the world puts on me as expectations or that I put on myself. And then out of that, create Something that is of more value to my life or to those around me. So, what's something that you're rebelling against?
1: I am rebelling against um, the isolationism lie, where you know you're tough and you're strong and you can do it all by yourself, and if you can't, there's something wrong with you. I, 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 I want to promote inclusiveness. I want men to get together and families to get together and what's a way that you have found yourself
0: buying into the inclusiveness over the years that you're now kind of saying no to
1: well it doesn't create community right community is a community inclusiveness and adoption and that kind of thing are huge for me i I want to be when i was a kid i always looked for connection um i didn't grow up uh being very connected Hmm. and so that's what i wanted in my life was was connection and it's funny because um i'm still not very good at it i'm still it's very easy for me to disconnect and not um it's something i've really had to learn it's 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 a really difficult thing to learn when when it's not um modeled or uh or uh, lived out in front of you kind of thing or or where you're I found it outside my house I didn't find it inside my house so as
0: a kid you felt that you weren't connected to your family very much
1: not really not did you really. have brothers and sisters one sister yeah she was uh, almost eight years younger than me
0: okay so it's hard to
1: so it was like two have... separate families yeah Me and my fam- me and my mom and dad and then my sister and my mom and dad so is that why you wanted a big family
0: yeah Yeah. Hmm. Yep. I did. That's really cool. How old were you when you had your first kid? I could do the math, but.
1: Ninety, uh, 92. So I was, uh, 24.
0: Okay. So pretty, pretty early on. Yep. Uh, okay. So do you, you said you're not very good at it. So do you find yourself kind of consciously telling yourself not to do things alone and try to Yeah. Do things with others.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's really hard to ask for help. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh...
0: I'm interrupting this important conversation that you probably just started getting into with a big announcement during the month of November and the beginning of December, 2019. I need your help. And this is all hands on deck. I've created a daily journal designed to help dads like you and I stay focused on being the engaged and intentional fathers. We desire to be, do you ever feel like I do sometimes like you're not cutting it? You're not hitting the mark as a father. Well, my hope is that this journal would be one tool that could help you get there. But, It will not come to market unless it is funded. We are doing this through a crowdfunding website where it's all or nothing. So please go to our Instagram or Facebook at Rebel and Create, and follow links to our Kickstarter campaign for the Fatherhood Legacy Journal. Or you can go to kickstarter.com and in the search, put in Fatherhood Legacy Journal or Rebel and Create Fatherhood Legacy Journal, and it'll pop up. And we need your help. So please buy a journal for yourself, for a friend, or for a dad that you know. We would so appreciate it because we believe fatherhood matters, and we're doing all we can to spread the word and create tools that will help support dads everywhere. And now back to that important conversation you were just getting into.
1: The culture that I'm from, where I where I grew up, that culture was was uh, was different. They always uh, all the all the the men um, and guys they it, it was a really uh open culture where the guys knew it was completely okay to want to be with other friends mm. and do things with other friends including projects and and whatever and so we would get together all the time and it, and it's a, more of a social um country anyway the way the in what country is that new zealand i grew up there
0: that's so cool
1: it was it was an amazing childhood i really Yeah, it was awesome. So
0: here you find that men don't connect that same way?
1: No. I mean, here's a a real easy one. Like, you go into the bathroom over here, and guys are all peeing. No one says a word, right? In New Zealand, we go in there, we continue our conversation. We're, you know, um, not sword fighting in the corner, but we're, you know, we're talking. Yeah. There's no, you know, you just don't, you just talk. That You don't have to, hey, this isn't the place where we talk, man.
0: Yeah, we're so concerned about everything.
1: Oh, everything. Yeah, it's crazy. Hmm. I mean, you're, you've you got to keep this persona of toughness over here, you know, because you never know. I mean, I guess it must be the Wild Wild West thing, you know, where, you know, you carry guns and you and you fight each other and, and you take whatever, you know, the bully takes it all, right? Yeah. Capitalism. The tough survive.
0: I guess so. And it's weird. It's like, this is all I've grown up in. It's all I know. But yeah, we're so focused on ourselves and what other people think. It's kind of wild. So out of that, I mean, it's kind of clear, I guess, but out of that rebelling against the isolation, what are some things that you're doing to create better community, I guess, with other men or people?
1: well i always try i mean i i try to be really open with everybody. I don't wanna put up this persona of being um standoffish or aloof. I kinda of wanna be the the kid i wanna be the kid the guy that's the, the guy that's not goofy but just um is open and wants to just talk about whatever and um and safe person you know um not putting up some sort of uh Tough front.
0: Yeah. I noticed too that, I mean, just over the years, I can't count the amount of times you've helped me fix something or offered to watch our kids or do things. So you always have time for people.
1: We try to, but this life is pretty crazy. Yeah. And that's one of the things we've got to rebel against. We've got to look at our time and say, prioritize not only time for our family, but prioritize time for other people's families. Mm -hmm. And and being um, almost uh, intentional about being sacrificial with our time, kind of thing.
0: Yeah, we. Go, I mean, I am so guarded with my time.
1: And it's... I understand that. And I understand that because you got a big family, you got your self-employed, you've got responsibilities and that kind of thing, and and you should have boundaries. You should have Should have healthy boundaries. That's yeah. true, but at the same time, you know. We have all this inside of us that we need to give out. Yeah. And if we don't do it, what's the point?
0: Right. That's the thing I struggle with is it's like if I don't have an hour to help you out, then I literally just don't have a life. I'm so consumed with either myself or these things that I have to do that if I can't stop and help you out, then I just don't have a life.
1: Believe me, I've slipped into it. I mean, I've been that – I have definitely lived that life where I'm – driven and focused at doing specific things that i think are important and my wife will tell you you know i come up with this idea i come up with what i think is is the most important priority and then i just go yeah and then she if she can get through my stupidity (laughs) my you know my single-mindedness my drive because i go a million miles an hour yeah if she can get through then she can funnel that energy that drive in a more balanced way because she's relational and that's why that's what attracted me to her so much because mm. she's very relational you know she needs time to by herself to recharge because she's an introvert but still i mean she's really relational and
0: So that helps you get in front of people.
1: I mean, I'm an extrovert, but she's relational Mm. in in the most important way. Yeah. And I, you know, I I, I can be relational, but in it sometimes not as with her anyway. I mean, I I have to really be intentional with connecting with her because I and I still don't do a good job at it, even though we've been married all these years. I, you know, she's very patient with me.
0: Hmm. That's sweet. Yeah. I'm sure that there are dozens of stories that you could share. Yeah. That other men, dads, husbands, fatherhood could gain from stories yeah. of raising five kids. Um, But the story that we thought we would specifically talk about, which is something that you're dealing with right now, which makes it a little bit more difficult to talk about, is about the process of okay one you had your four kids in some instances you might have been like all right cool they're moving out we're going to get to work in the garage on my car for as long as i want now or whatever it is that you had to set aside all those years raising kids which i we love and it's awesome so then you decide to adopt a child
1: yeah about uh Twelve years ago, my wife and I decided, "Hey, you know, we're gonna we we should we should." It was really kind of dropped in our in our psyche, our mind, our landscape that there's kids out there that need homes. Yeah, and we really feel that's what we should be doing. So we started going to training, and um, and it didn't work out. Hmm. And then um, about five years five years ago. We started doing it again, uh, and a couple of months into it, we're, we're doing the trainings, and then we um, just dropped into our lap uh, a baby that was going to be born. The details are too long to get into, yep. but two months later, we had this baby that we adopted, and and he's incredible. You know, he's he's amazing. He's um, it's been it's been more amazing than we thought. Yeah. Um, and two years ago, uh, so he was three years old, two years ago, uh, I started having some medical problems. And so I went to see the doctor after a couple of months of just kind of dodging it and just keeping on going. And I, and, and I was diagnosed with prostate cancer and, um, I'm like, just when we started it the adoption was really fresh he was still only 3 and the doctor tells me hey you know uh I, i'll get, if you treat it if you go through all the if, and it doesn't spread it doesn't metastasize and move out of your prostate i'll, I'll give you 10 good years and that really pissed me off because i thought why you know why why do we get this opportunity to to start all over and 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 put into another life and love another boy another because we, we we only had one who's our oldest um, why why does this happen like this and I still don't know why I don't know why and I haven't I'm still working through all the lessons not sure exactly what not I'm not sure I'm not sure what's what I'm supposed to learn from all of this but um, it's been three years in now and two years in, and, um, I'm, I went through treatment and, um, and it feels like, uh, it was, it was going to get better. And then it went out of my prostate into my bones. And so that was the number two shot. Across the bow, it felt like, you know, hey uh, it's just going to get worse and ten years didn't seem like it was going to be that it felt like it was going to be even shorter than that now that it's in my bones but I feel like, even though I have it I feel like I'm going to be okay um, and it didn't It doesn't really feel like I have cancer sometimes it feels like yes I have to go through treatments and I have to be on chemicals and there's side effects and the side effects sap my strength and they they change the way my body is and what it does and how it performs and it's really frustrating and I'm still working through the whole frustration thing but this little man that we have at home, he just keeps reminding me that the time's really precious mm. that um yeah. you know he that even though even though I might not have that much time that it can be quality time so we're we're t- we we sold a big house and we bought a little house and we um we're trying to get rid of a bunch of stuff that we don't need so that our life can be more minimal than it is now with stuff. You know, I heard the statement, you know, um, have less, do more.
0: Yeah, I love that.
1: Have less, do more. It is good. Um, and so, you know, the anxiety of of having stuff and having responsibilities. I'm the guy that wants to take on more stuff. All my life I've been going a million miles an hour. And oh yeah, I'll go to practice, I'll coach soccer, I'll you know, anything that um that my kids were involved in, I wanted to be involved with, anything that um my wife wanted to do, I wanted to do. Including adoption. You know, she brought it up the first time. Yeah. She was the one that drove it. But I I I was scared to begin with. I thought, you know, I can't judge how well I've done with my biological four. And now we're going to do this another son. What's it going to be like with him? You know, one of the crazy things was wondering about how I would bond Mm. with a, with an adoptive son. And it's just like having your own biological kid because the man doesn't give birth to it so he bonds exactly the same way to a Mm. to an adoptive kid as you do with a biological kid and so he's he's just as much my son as my oldest levi and it's pretty incredible people people thought i was crazy at you know 47 years old adopt um bringing another boy home and it was like no it it, this is going to be good yeah. We figured it would keep us young. It has. Um I know we're you're at
0: five year old birthday parties. I yeah. see you there. Yeah. And it's awesome. <laughs> I yeah. wanna stay young.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. I wanna stay young. Not I wanna stay young mentally as well. You know, I wanna be like uh a, a young person. You know, full of a full of a wonder and yeah. um, full of awe it just awe in every every way just look at it i mean just you know looking at clouds and making animals out of clouds with a five-year-old laying on a trampoline at 51 i'm in yeah you know what i mean that's so good that's what i want to do
0: yeah because what happens when your kids move out and some of that's gone is you just get caught up in working on cars yeah racing cars which is still cool, but the balance, I guess,
1: it's okay. It's not the same though, huh? You know, you don't you don't get that um, you don't get the connection, and that's what I always wanted. I wanted connection, and really bad. It.
0: And you have it, and you're giving it to someone else.
1: That's the plan. That's what I want. And I'm still not, I mean, I'm learning. I'm learning at 50, learning how to do it properly.
0: I love that though, because I think, I mean, especially even going back to what you said about kind of the Wild Wild West, and we're all about this destination. Like, as soon as I get this or get that or do this or do that, but to say I'm learning, man, I think there's people who are 25 who have stopped learning and are
1: just missing out. Well, you have to be, like you said, um, intentional. And that's a loaded word because you can't be intentional 24 hours a day because then you're so concerned about being intentional that you can't just enjoy. Right. Because, you know, there's a song by Switchfoot called. Uh, slipping away and it talks about this kid he he john Foreman. he 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 looks back at it himself and he, he sees this kid with his heart on his sleeve and he wonders where that kid went but that's what i want to be that kid you know where where you can be completely open to people um with good boundaries of course completely open to people and uh and loving and kind but not um and not being afraid of that because what can really harm us right what can truly harm us words you know they can but um but then you realize where it's coming from and those people are hurting anyway, so they just need you.
0: Yeah. You know? Man, what if we all lived that way? What if we had that perspective towards people?
1: Towards ourselves? Yeah, towards ourselves. That's a good one. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, that's where I want to be. It's a, you know, you can have great intentions. um, But then you have to put the it's where the rubber beats the road is each decision, each tiny little decision you make toward that goal of being inclusive and, and loving people and, and living, letting them come into your life and and you know it's kind of like we just moved into a house right mm-hmm. and we, we we met the neighbors and they happened to be in the same community that we're in and um, I didn't even know them because we'd pass each other in hallways, and we got we knew them, but we didn't really know them. We knew their kids. One of the kids worked at a coffee shop that I go to all the time, mm. and uh, but I didn't know the family. But now we will, because you can't live beside somebody and not have a relationship with them, I hope. I mean, I hope. Yeah. But it takes real strength that t- because but the thing is is the strength's inside of us, but we're too scared to tap into it. Do you know what I mean' Because we think the strength for relationship and connection is inside of us on you know self sufficiency and and you know I can do it all on my own that's one thing which is a lie, but relationship and and connecting with people we can do that we can it's such
0: a decision, man I mean I think about. I mean, just the closest relationships I have with my wife, with my, my best buddy who lives next door, my brother, both my brothers, and, dude, it's so hard. It is a choice. It's and, a and choice. I and it all a... the
1: time. You know, I'd, I'd lay yeah, in bed at night, heart, hey, man. let's watch a movie, you know, you know, I turn my phone, watch my stuff on YouTube, and and my wife's doing something separate from me right next to me. Yeah. I understand that. Which can happen and is okay.
0: You're still together. Yeah, you're still together. Somebody told me the other, it was actually like a a last podcast with uh, Grant. He said that, you know who your best friend is? It's the person you spend the most time with. Yeah. And I like that. But I also like adding on the, yeah, we spend the most time together, but I'm, I mean, to have relationship, I'm relating to you right? Where I know you, I'm like, you're talking about your neighbor. You want to have a relationship with her. You're trying to find a way to relate with them, to have something in common, to be able to sit down and have a discussion and spend time growing. And I mean, that's what this is all about, right? If, if I want to be the best version of myself, you're saying a constant learner to grow in grace and forgiveness and joy and love and laughter
1: all those things none of those happen by yourself Uh uh-uh yeah and and that's the thing too is is like the fun part has to be because i lost that i lost the fun part i've been you know get it done get stuff done guy for a long time
0: what's a long time
1: how long have i been in the states you feel like the states kind of took away your joy well, it's different. See, I didn't. I worked in New Zealand, but I, but I was still. A, I wasn't even twenty. I didn't turn twenty until I came to the United States. Mm. So, I really didn't have any responsibilities in New Zealand. So when I look back to, to my life growing up in New Zealand, it was it was fantastic because I had no responsibilities. Right. I didn't have a car payment. I didn't wasn't trying to buy a house. I didn't have children to feed. You know, maybe if I'd lived there longer and had all those things, it wouldn't be such a rosy place. But um, no, I don't think, I I, I think life, I allowed it. I allowed it. Because remember, nothing happens to us unless we allow it, right? Within reason, you know, I'm I'm generalizing. But within reason, you know, the choices that we make, right? I mean, we have a ton to do with, we have a ton to do with, where we go in life by the decisions we yeah. make and what we allow and it's like
0: so what are you doing to bring fun into your life and i guess what do you consider
1: fun because yeah. making animals out of clouds sounds fun it is you know i we do all kinds of crazy stuff the five-year-old and me and we we go to the river and throw rocks as far as we can we go um we play soccer in the park, you know, he can, he's, <sighs> we uh, shoot each other with Nerf guns, we jump on the trampoline, we um, we just goof off, you know, we listen to music in the car and, and try to sing, um, and, uh, I mean, they're little things, because, you know, I can't wait till he can drive a go-kart, yeah. you know, and uh, ride a bike, and, uh, I mean, he, it's great in the pool, I throw him as far as I can, and he does, he just wants me to throw him through the solid (laughs) he's solid little man
0: yeah
1: yeah
0: oh man those i mean even hearing you say those things you got a smile on your face oh yeah he's
1: you know and then um yeah i want to do more things with my wife too because we've had we've had uh 20 25 years of bringing up kids yeah because we homeschooled them, and and, uh, we, Marcia homeschooled them, you know, and uh, so there was all. we're really good at doing, we're really good at getting the stuff done that we need to get done, we're really good at doing that, Um, we're very efficient people, we're always early, to to the youngs, okay, Uh, 10 minutes early is on time, and on time is late, that's the crazy way that we are.
0: What's funny is you literally
1: got to my house 10, 10 minutes, minutes before early. we said we were going to Yeah, that's just the way we roll. It's really sick. It's I, awesome. No, it's sick. <laughs> no, it's good. Ugh, it creates unnecessary tension and stress. <laughs> Come on, it's time. Let's go. <sighs> Who's the first one in the car? Uh, usually me.
0: Yeah, I knew it.
1: Okay. I leave everything else for everybody else to do. I just go out to the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let him figure it out.
0: Okay, so I do want to dig down just a little bit as I think that, unfortunately, in our the world we live in, on the daily, people are finding out they have cancer. Yeah. And it's not just your, I'm 85 years old and it's... 49 or 48, 47. That's when it hit me 47. Yep. So as you think of one, being a man wanting to figure out our things on our own, then also having a spouse you want to be strong for having four kids who you want to be strong for, then having a five-year-old that you're expecting to be able to serve and provide at a level that you expect. Yeah. Right. Right what's going on you know it's been three years not that it's any easier now than it was three years ago But what are some of the things that you have just found important and and hard at the same time to like process I mean this
1: one of the things that I've discovered is that my wife is way stronger than than I had perceived her to be hmm I've always treated her like a a glass vase. Like a a porcelain doll where, you know, I, I don't share all the issues that I'm having because I don't want her to worry unnecessarily. I don't want her to stress on stuff. I don't want her to feel overwhelmed. But in the last, since I've been diagnosed, she's taught me to lean on her more and to share everything that I'm going with going through with her because she's way tougher than I thought. She's mm-hmm. a really tough chick. She really is. And she can handle she can handle everything. She can handle the the crappy way I feel. She can handle the fact that I can't do something because of the way I feel. Um, she can, she can handle my attitudes. Although, you know, if I spend too long in an attitude, she'll ha- assist me to get out of it. <laughs> I like that. Assist, you know you. <laughs> I mean? assist me out yeah, of it. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so
0: what brought you to the point? Cause you, you know, we're kind of going back and forth of this. I think that every dude goes through like wanting relationship and be vulnerable, but at the same time, not. So what, through this process, finally put you in a state of, I've got to be vulnerable and like really show how I'm feeling?
1: Because the relationship shuts off. Mm. You know, you isolate. You run to your corner, she runs to her corner. You uh, lick your wounds. But as you're going through, like, were you just in such a place with cancer
0: that you had to rely on her in a different level than you had to before?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Mentally. Mm -hmm. you know i needed her to get me out of the funks that i was in because you know i i go to a thousand miles an hour all the time real self-sufficient physically strong and then all of a sudden really tired falling asleep at seven o'clock at night you know um just dragging everywhere um crying all the time you know The treatment messes with my hormones, so I feel weird. My emotions swing from happy to sad to crazy, you know, and and none of it's a positive way. It's never like, you know, if I was manic-depressive, I mean manic, whatever you call it, bipolar, at least I'd have a manic time. Right. I never got that, you know. I'm just always in the bummed-out mode. And... And she also showed me that I can handle so much more than I think I can, as well. Because it's that that strength that's just there that helps you do one more rep. You know, yeah, helps you do one. You know, one more of whatever you have to do to make it through. And you're not doing it by yourself because she's right there with you so what did you have
0: to do is it a mental choice that you made i mean is there a point where you are so in the pits i i guess the thing is like how do i apply that or other dudes or dudes that are in your situation apply that to just choose vulnerability i mean i don't know do you think it's just simple as a choice or
1: was there a breaking point or something else well it's got to be a choice right I mean, I think everything's a choice. Yeah. I mean, even if you're in a really bad breaking situation, you can still choose to not be that way and see how it does you, see how it serves you, you know, continue doing the same thing and see if it has a different outcome. I don't think it will, but, um, yeah, I, I think it's a choice. And so for me, um, it was just, uh, not being able to see the light at the end of the tunnel and i still haven't seen the light at the end of the tunnel and being like marcia can stay in something and look at it and let it move her let it let it affect her whereas i run from it Hmm. and she'll she'll sit in it and let it move her and let it change her and let it um because remember you know we don't really in we don't see enjoyment or or um excitement or or joy unless we see pain and suffering and and um it doesn't mean as much to somebody who who hasn't experienced the bad stuff. The good stuff doesn't mean as much.
0: I think that that is the hardest thing for our culture and me, to to, to understand because we're so consumed with happy. Oh, happy we're crash. so consumed with happy, but happy is almost this, I'm going to pretend like nothing's wrong and I'm just going to live it up in the moment, not think about yesterday, not think about tomorrow, but in not a positive way, no. where you're talking about joy, enjoyment. Yeah, joy is living in both like we know there's both there's my five-year-old who wants to play with me and there's the cancer like you're living in both and you you choose to enjoy those breaths that you have looking at the clouds making animals versus just sitting sad now we can't just always probably be in that joy mode we have to be in both sometimes I guess what do you think about that
1: well, I think even even more than joy, I think contentment is even mm. even bigger word. Contentment is is being okay with wherever you're at, at that point. So if you're, like, I hate needles. Terrified of needles. Not terrified, but I just don't like them. Yeah. So being content with the fact that every six weeks I've got to go do a test. You know, being content with the fact that, Every time I get an MRI, I got to get, get an IV in me as well. You know, um, being content with that, saying, you know, it's okay. I mean, yeah, it's going to hurt, but you, you've got to... The contentment comes when you realize that this is where you're at right now, and it won't be that way forever. It won't. Because we don't make it out alive, right? We don't. So, right. So we've got to die at some point, and I'm not being silly about it, because I don't want to die. Not now. I want another 20. So, at least. And so, being content with where you're at, with what's happening, so that you can get further down the road. And I think, you, true, I mean, I believe being such a tightly wound and not content was one of the reasons why my cancer continued the way it did and why I got it so young. Because your frame of mind affects your health so much. Yeah. And I didn't have a good frame of mind. I was always driven, never, never content. But I still haven't understood the complete lesson of what's going on. I, haven't, I, I still don't... I still run from it. I don't allow myself to sit long enough in it to really understand what's going on. But I'm trying. In that, is there this idea that this
0: happened to teach you something? Or do you think it's just life? Or is that too deep of a question to even have an answer to?
1: Nah, dude. I think that it's both. I think it is life. And... Is there, positive, is there something positive that can be changed in your, in your life with it? Sure. Yeah. So, yes, it's life where we have these bodies that get affected by this world and the gene pool and the DNA and chemicals and whatever else. And it's up to us to say, you know, this happened, so will I let it make me more bitter and angry? And you could, you could, you could let it, and then it would eat you up. Right. Just like the cancer. So then how have you
0: chosen to say that you're 47 and since for 27 years, you've been a great dad and a great husband and done all the things that were important. But in some, in some instances, you've kind of said that you didn't always have the right frame of mind. So how did you let the cancer change your frame of mind in a positive way instead of putting you deeper into a frame of mind that maybe you're not as happy with. Well it's a choice you have to make, right? You either But what is it about this situation that made you choose that?
1: Cause I didn't like I didn't like what I saw if I didn't make that decision to let it change me. I, I don't want to stay I don't want to stay in the anger and the um trying to figure out why and shaking my fist at God yeah and saying why yeah you just gave me a son right and now you want to just top me out at, Do me like when, this? when he's thirteen years old I'm gonna pass away nah that's not cool yeah no nah, that's 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 not cool at all so. Maybe it is thirteen that I pass away. Maybe he is thirteen when I pass away. But, but maybe it'll be the best thirteen years of his life, and the best thirteen that my wife's experienced. As yeah. well, you know. Because the only constant in this world is change, right? It's the only constant. Yeah. And I don't like that. I like everything to be. You know, I'm a I'm a type A personality. I'm I'm uh, I'm a yeah. I'm I want it. I want it, well, I do want it easy, though. I want it easy, but um, I want it my way. I, you know, I, I, I maybe I'm not a type A. Maybe I just want everything my way. Dude, I think that's probably all of humanity. Yeah. Do
0: you think men are too hard on themselves?
1: Absolutely. I do. Um, well, when you, when you yes, I, I, I definitely believe that. Men are too hard on themselves. Men think that they have to be, um, like I said at the beginning, uh, they have to, they have, they're constantly asking themselves, "Do I have what it takes?" And some of them do, and within themselves, they have what it takes, and they don't claw and 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 worry and, and, and compare themselves to other men. They don't walk around. Um, but most of us do. Most of us wonder deep down if we have what it really takes. And we don't. I don't think we have what it takes. But I think together we do. Hmm. Because if you think about just the simplest thing, Right people have professions and they learn to do something and they and they become good at it and and then other men come come alongside of them and they've got their their flank or their sex where they don't see whether where they're weak those other guys that are with them see those weaknesses and they cover them. It's a military organization. It's a military thing, right? You know, I've yeah. got your six. He can't look behind him and cover his front. So they've both got each other's six, and they've both got each other's flank. And so that's what we need to be for each other. And I don't know. It's really hard. I played rugby with my 20-year-old son, um, Seven years ago, I was 44 years old and he was 20. And we'd always wanted to play on a rugby team together. And uh, he played fullback and I played lock and flanker. And what rugby teaches you is that you're a team and you all have your own individual jobs. But at the end of the day, everybody knows the other jobs as well. And so they can step in at any time and cover the other player in defense or in offense. And that especially in a situation called a pick-and-go where the ball goes on the ground, you pick it and you run at the other team and you try to create a uh, a hole to run through. And rugby is a really unique sport in that there's very strong camaraderie. Hmm. and um, And my son saw that. We got to do it together, and it was good.
0: Hmm.
1: And there was a little bit of culture, and there were most of them were Americans. There was there was a couple of there was a, there was a couple of Aussies, and there was a, a another Kiwi that played as well, and it was really good. Um, but and it's just a sport. But I think in life we can really do that for each other as well, even better. You know, when yeah, I have yeah, I need it. I, I need it. I'm fifty. You know, midlife, supposed to have it all together. And there's things that I, do I don't think that do we're well. supposed to
0: have it all figured out.
1: Well, yeah, we're supposed to have it all figured out when we graduate college, right? I guess got so. our got our trajectory all planned out. Yeah, American that's dream. That's a bunch
0: of that's a bunch of rubbish.
1: It is rubbish. <laughs> yeah you know my dad always used to say when i'd ask him a question he'd say hey you'll you'll figure it out and in some ways it's a compliment because he knew that i had a strength inside of me that i would figure it out but when you tell somebody over and over you'll figure it out and not give them the tools to do it it's really tough to wonder if you do have what it ha- what it takes and if you will figure it out. So when you're young, you need a little bit of help. But um, it's, it's a dichotomy. It's a catch-22. You don't feel like you have it, but if you dig deep, it's there.
0: But then it's even stronger if you do it together. Yes. But we have to be vulnerable and willing... We have to be one to step up and say, Hey, I noticed this or that, or can I help you with this or that? Then at the same token, be willing to say, Hey, I need help. Or I'm open to you telling me something. Yeah. Cause that's the thing I think, but I think all four of those things are hard. They are. But but how, what we are created to be like we were created to be in community
1: we were i believe that i believe we're supposed to be in community i really do you know we're all part of one body you know uh different limbs and eyes and all that kind of thing and you know we just we're in this culture where we get enslaved by money and things And all we're doing is paying back loans and paying off cars and investing money, our 401ks and that kind of thing so that when we get to retirement age, we can retire and we'll be self-sufficient. But we forget in all of that process that um, we need other people as well. I mean, it's not a bad thing to do those other things.
0: Yeah, but I think with everything we've been talking about, a lot of times you could go either or. You could be I'm just this way or I'm just that way. A lot of times it's both. It's 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 we do all we do both. It doesn't have to be just
1: this way. Yes, and I'm a very uh, binary thinker. Not binary. I'm a very dual dual thinker. Mm. It's either this way or it is that way, and that's a, that's that's a trap as well. Yeah, because I'm, I'm on some... this tribe. You know, because as I was a kid, I wanted to find a tribe to belong to and a cause to fight for, and and this is what I'm going to do. But um, and so what it does is it 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 you you find your tribe, but you exclude everybody else that's not part of that tribe. You know, and that's all. <laughs> that's a big. That's silly too. It's funny how we get
0: my team, your team, my, team. my town, your town, Steelers, baby. <laughs> <laughs> they suck. <laughs> You guys love the Steelers. You always have. That's funny. Why do you love the Steelers? You live on the West Coast. from New Zealand. Does your wife like them? Who liked them first? Me.
1: Why? Well, in uh, in eighty in eighty eight, someone told me to choose a team. No, it was not, it wasn't eighty eight. It was ninety two. Someone told me to choose a team because I was watching football and starting to understand it. And it's very complicated to an outsider. It's very complicated. And um, they said, you need to pick a side. You can't just watch. <laughs> exactly we're <laughs> talking about. There's the dual thinking. Yeah. You have to pick a side, man. You can't just love everyone. <laughs> yeah. And I should have just said, uh, Nah, I don't have to pick a side. Yeah. I can just love it. I can just appreciate it. Yeah. So this guy goes, well, there's three teams that have got new coaches and they're they all three of them are pretty good. And he goes, Yeah, one team's called the Green Bay Packers. And then there's this other team called the Cleveland Browns. And I was like, okay, dog pound cheese heads. <laughs> nah. And then they, and then he goes, and there's this new there's this new coach at the Pittsburgh Steelers and he and I go, So what what are they about? He goes, Oh they're the Iron Curtain and they're um i'm like he sold it i'm like and they're from the steel town right yeah produces steel oh that's me yeah man of steel man stuff yeah it's and so you know bill cow was coach and they did really well there for a while so funny it's so funny it'd be fun to
0: ask every person why do you like your team it's some story that's just random
1: not New Zealand, though, because New Zealand, I, I'm a Crusader fan because I was born in Canterbury, and that's that's the Canterbury Crusaders. So I'll always be red and black. That's my color. I'll always be a Crusaders fan, and I'll always be a New Zealand All Blacks fan. In fact, anybody right now, September 20th, Rugby World Cup starts in Japan. New Zealand's going to win again. So watch it. All right. <laughs> little plug there. Oh, my gosh. You can cut it out. No, I won't. <laughs> Lewis,
0: um... I have always enjoyed my time with you because it's easy to show up and hang out. Like it's easy to show up at your house or you show up here and just smile and jump into conversation about whatever. But I've always known that you care. But our conversation today, your heart for people is so real. Like you care so much for people. And I think that you, reflect on yourself a lot i mean almost like i asked you do you think we're too hard on ourselves i think you're probably too hard on yourself like all men like you we said yeah but dude you're so insightful and have such a deep heart soul being and i think that you're more in tune with yourself than you realize and it's super refreshing and incredible to hear and i hope to Become that humble with myself and those around me. And I put something about you in my book about having mentors. And I don't say your name, but you've spoken life into me several times that have really changed trajectory of certain things I'm doing because you are willing to share because you're a little ahead of me in the game of life. And it matters in your willingness to share about the health issues and adopting a son and what that feels like and what you're going through with that, I know is just gonna speak volumes to people that take the time to hear the story.
1: Well, I I I really do want to love people well. I do. You and Josh, you've always been fantastic, you know. Mm. I can count on you. Hey, I've got two trailer loads to unload. Boom, you're there. You know?
0: We try, yeah.
1: Looking after our kids so well, a youth group. They loved hanging out with you guys. <laughs> I love. Oh, I think my son kicks your finger. Okay, and let, that <laughs> let's, share, let's
0: share this story. This is like a good ender right here. So I'm a young youth pastor, like, gosh, 25. Yeah. Yeah, 25. Yeah. And so I'm really not even, I mean, who the heck lets a 25 year old do anything? I had a couple kids, but Lewis's son is probably 15 or 16. Yeah. But as tall as me, strong. And I'm very competitive and I haven't learned yet to be, don't be a teenager, hang out, right? So. Me and your son were playing a game in my living room. Dude, I see it perfectly. We're playing a game and there's a bunch of kids, They're like seven, eight kids, right? And he is doing something in the game he's not supposed to. I'm like, you got to stop. You got to stop. And we had had other issues with playing basketball together, playing, te- you know, whatever competitive, we just, we're both going to win, right? Ridiculous. Insane. So then, <laughs> so then, uh, Levi, I'm like, dude, you got to leave if you step outside, you know, so he storms out the house and then I hear a car alarm go off. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know. I'm just playing this game. And so my wife goes outside and then she comes in the house (laughs) and she's like, uh, you're not going to believe this. Go outside. And I go outside in the fender of our like nine uh, Corolla. Corolla. Yeah. Yeah. Corolla's just kicked in. <laughs> it's just all the way kicked in. Oh. And I just laughed. I just and he was gone, right? He was gone. I
1: was mortified. Dude. I know.
0: I know and I remember you came over <clears throat> and I'm not a car guy. Like I just don't care about cars very much. Yeah. And uh you're like, "Hey, sorry Ned, that's probably the last time you'll ever see Levi. He'll never come back." not because you didn't want him to because i think you thought his he would either be ashamed or his pride or whatever but i was like dude i don't care about the car yeah i, I don't care at all uh i'd rather he kick my car and then hit his wife in 15 years or something <laughs> let's figure this out now anyways it all turned out fine
1: yeah he's an amazing kid yeah but he's not a kid anymore
0: no He's, he's an not... amazing man. Yeah, he is. Yeah, my last couple conversations with him, we went out to lunch. Not, t- I mean, before he moved. Uh, yeah, he's a he's a cool guy.
1: He is. Lewis a temper temper on him. Yeah, is it better? Oh yeah. I I, <laughs> I mean, well, he's definitely still competitive. He yeah. was so sad on Sunday when New Zealand lost the World Cup to England in cricket that we we he was watching it on TV and I was. And he was keeping me up to date. And then we lost by one run. And it was like. Bad. Bad. World Cup, man. That's a big deal. Once every four years. Yeah.
0: Okay, so we'll end on one more story. Okay. So you said you're a constant learner. Yep. (laughs) I could cut this out if you want. But when you came in here today, you're 51 and you're still learning. So what happened that you learned
1: today? (laughs) <laughs> what happened that i lived today oh man no no oh. there's
0: something specific that i'm bringing up about always letting your wife have an opinion about oh yeah
1: oh yeah don't buy all your own don't buy don't buy appliances without asking <laughs> what she wants so yeah
0: all i know was lewis came over and he's Stupid. like yeah my wife's not that happy with me 29 years <laughs> And you went and bought appliances. Yeah, babe, they'll be delivered tomorrow. Aren't you happy?
1: (laughs) What do they look like? Appliances? They're stainless steel. (laughs) (laughs) We're laughing right now, but I tell you. It's not what, you know. Man, when am I going to learn? Yeah, but here's the thing.
0: It's 29 years. There's probably countless stories of you and her and life and you're showing us like seriously the greatest freaking gift you can give. I mean it. I tell my parents all the time. The greatest gift you gave my brother and I is freaking figuring it out and staying together. Dude, like that's we just celebrated 15 years and it feels like a lifetime. It is freaking hard. I love it. Right. I love it. There's joy. There's joy, but it's hard. So you go, "Um, you've done double that
1: yeah well
0: yeah yeah i'm a baby nah but you know what i'm saying i mean life is full of those and you keep figuring it out and that right there is a huge message i mean that's so you gotta own your stuff and there's a lot of times where i don't <sighs> but, but that's, where you, hope,
1: stuff but that's and, where you hope but that's where you hope you
0: have grace for the other person right yeah
1: yeah i mean are you gonna yeah and and learning from don't make the same mistake twice there you go but that's
0: but you're probably not going to buy appliances for like another 20 years so
1: hopefully not (laughs) so remember but i offered to just return them all i was totally oh yeah that you know i love you
0: lewis thank you this is super awesome man thank you for your time
1: yeah it's been it's it's investment isn't it it is it's investment and and so you know i've got your six,
0: right there you go Wow, what a great conversation around fatherhood. And I just so appreciate Lewis's willingness to come on and share where he's at currently in life. I want to thank all of you for listening to Rebel and Creates Fatherhood Field Notes podcast. Make sure to subscribe and tune in each week to Real Conversations with Real Men Living Real Lives. If you have questions or have a great fatherhood story or you just want to come talk about fatherhood or you know somebody who should be on the podcast, shoot me an email at ned at rebel and Once again, this is your guide, Ned Shout. Together, let's rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in the craft of fatherhood.